Hi, everybody. Happy July 4th. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Today I want to talk to you about a very obscure little-known book, Zephaniah. Zephaniah, if you don't know, was a descendant of King Hezekiah, the king of Judah. At the point of his time, the time of his prophecy, it was between that of Micah and Nahum. It was delivered about the time of the beginning of the labors of Jeremiah, in the first part of the reign of Josiah. Since the death of Micah, the kingdom of Judah seems to have enjoyed a state of peace and quiet, a sort of hill before the storm, a lull, that is, before the storm. I'm reading this out of uh, my Bible. Uh, before um, the storm that was soon to break over Western Asia, including the Palestine area, following the reign of Hezekiah, Judas or Judah lapped into the usual degeneracy mor morally and religiously, and idolatry took on a frightful aspect in the first part of the reign of Manasseh. Zephaniah raises his voice against the idolatrous practices that at that time were evidently prevalent. These deliverances of the prophet had, no doubt, a decided influence upon the work performed by the pious Josiah. Very interesting. Now, this is a very short book. It's only three chapters. But there is a warning for us in the last times, and that's why I'm reading it. This is a prophet of God, and he had a message for God's people. This is what it says, and I'll explain a few things as we go along. The word of the Lord which came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gadaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly consume all things from off the land, says the Lord. Whoa! I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heavens and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks of the wicked. I will cut off man from off the land, says the Lord. Pretty scary stuff. Right there in the first three verses. I will also stretch out my hand upon Judah and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place. And the name of the Cherim, um, I'm sorry, Chemarims with the priests. Now, the Kimrims were a group of idolaters who settled in the area of Samaria, if I'm not mistaken. Verse 5, And them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops, and them that worship and swear by the Lord as well, and swear by Malcolm, 
another pagan god, and them that are turned back from the Lord, that is, turned away from the Lord, and those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired of him. Hold your peace in the presence of the Lord, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice, and he has consecrated his guests. And it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princesses or princes and the king's children and all such that are clothed with strange apparel. In the same day I will punish all those who leap on the threshold. Now, let me just stop right there. The Jews will not step on a threshold. So those that leap upon it do so to spite the Jews. I wonder who would do such a thing. Well, the Muslims, of course. They will trample what the Jews find sacred. Their master's houses are filled with two things, violence and deceit. Who's more violent than the Muslims? And who's more deceitful than the Muslims? In the Quran, it talks about that it's okay to lie as long as it advances the cause of Islam. So there you go. Verse 10, And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that there shall be the noise of a cry from the fish gate. This is around Jerusalem. The, the wall around Jerusalem, and a howling from the second gate, and a great crushing from the hills. Very interesting wording. Howl, verse 11, Howl, you inhabitants of Makish, or Maktish, for all the merchant people are cut down. The people of Canaan are undone. All that bear silver are cut off. Get verse 12. This is very interesting. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles. What? You mean it's so dark and there's no electric light to light everything up, maybe? And I will punish the men that are settled on their lees, that is, in their places, that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, either good or evil. He will not do either good or evil. Therefore, all their good shall become booty, and their houses a desolation. They shall also build houses, but not inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards, and not drink the wine thereof. The great day of the Lord is near, is near and haste greatly. The voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man, cries there bitterly. It's a little bit of awkward language in the King James. That the day of wrath, that, is, that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness 
and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. That is reminiscent to me of some other passages. Let's go to Isaiah 22 and verse 5. 22.5, Isaiah. For the day, it is a day of trouble and of treading down and of perplexity by the Lord God of hosts in the valley of vision, breaking down the walls and crying to the mountains. It's almost the same exact thing. Now, let me just ask a question. Why? Will that why will it be dark? So dark they're searching with candles. Hmm. Well let's go back to another passage. Chapter twenty four of Isaiah. Behold the Lord makes the earth empty and waste, turns it upside down, and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. Whoa, it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, the servant with his master, the maid with the mistress. He's leveling the playing field. As with buyer, so with seller, as with lender and borrower. The taker of usury with the giver of usury. The land shall be utterly emptied and spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourned and faded away. The world languished and faded away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. If their proud arrogance is going to be humbled, this is going to do it. The earth is also defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore has the curse devoured the earth. There is a place in Revelation where God says he will destroy them that destroy the earth. Now, in verse 23, he says, Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, before his saints, or his ancients, gloriously. Jesus is returning, and he's going to take over the governments of the world. Now, let's find that scripture before we go back to Zephaniah. That, let's see, what would that be in Revelation? Destroy them that destroy the earth. That's what we're looking for. Here it is in 11.18 of Revelation. Here's what he says. And the nations were angry, and your wrath is come, and the time of the dead, actually the nations, that they should be judged, that you should give reward unto your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. Verse 
Now, who is doing that? Well, who's the biggest terrorist group in the world? Islam. They are the ones who are destroying the earth. But they're not the only ones either. Um, there are chemical companies that are doing aerial spraying and they're getting all that toxin, toxic stuff like thorium and barium and aluminum oxide and um, what's the other one? Thorium, barium, aluminum, and uh, strontium-90. These are radioactive particles, some of them, and they're toxic. They're doing it with the idea that they're trying to reflect the sun's energy back out into space. Well, what does the Bible have to say about that, and why are we going there? Because it's part of destroying the earth and trying to take over the food supply and trying to kill people and euthanize all of us and make us sick, and stimulate the medical industry, and lots of things. But it's all about money. You'll find it's all about money. In chapter 12, verse 12, we read this. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and the, uh, them that dwell therein, woe be to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. Okay, now, what is going to happen is the times of the Gentiles have to be fulfilled. Full. The fullness of the Gentiles. Jesus himself spoke of this. It's found in uh, one place in Romans 11. 25. In Romans 11:25, Paul is quoted as having said, For I would not, or I don't want you, brethren, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own ideas or conceits, that blindness, a hardening in part, is happened unto Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles is come in. So all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. The ungodliness of who? The Gentiles. And who, pray tell, are, are those? Everybody that's not a Jew. Everybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile. I think I am a Gentile. I don't believe I have Jewish roots. I might have. Who knows? I do not know yet. I'm trying to learn. But what will be the biggest cause of the destruction of planet Earth? You might be interested in that. I hope you are. So for now, let's go back to Zephaniah and read on a little bit. The great day of the Lord is near, and haste greatly. We read that. It's a day of wrath and trouble and distress, 
wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness, gloominess, a day of clouds, and thick darkness. Let's flip back a couple pages to uh, chapter 2 of Joel. It is right after Hosea. Hosea has 12 chapters or so, I think. And Joel, about three chapters. 2, verse 2. Well, in 1, he says, For the day of the Lord comes and is near. And then verse 2, A day of, of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the morning spreading upon the mountains, a people great and strong, there has never been the like, and neither will there be any more like it afterwards. To the ears of many generations, a fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land which was like the Garden of Eden before them is now a desolate wilderness, and nothing shall escape them. In verse 10, it goes on to say, The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And again, let's go back to Revelation and read why. Why would the sun not shine and the moon grow dark and the stars become invisible? Revelation 9 and verse 2 has our answer. 9 and verse 2 says this. Uh, where are you? The fifth angel sounded in verse 1. In verse 2 he says, And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke. This isn't a volcanic eruption. Out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Unquote. That sounds a whole lot like Joel 2, in verse 2 and 10. Now, let's jump on over to Ezekiel 32, verse 7 and 8. Ezekiel 32. Ezekiel's just before Daniel. 32. I'm at 33. 7 and 8. Here's what he says. And when I put you out... And this is talking to who? Um, the Israelites, I think. And when I shall have put you out, I will cover the heavens. See, the Jews are going to be rushed off to Petra. That's my belief and understanding. They're building the place now and filling it with hotels and uh, places to store food and such as that. Really nice accommodations they're building over there. And when they shall have put you out, I will cover the heavens with smoke. In other words, yes. That's what it says in Revelation 2, or 9-2. And make the stars thereof grow dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. 
All the bright lights of the heavens will I make dark over you, and set darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. Unquote. I bet you didn't know that was all in Zephaniah, did you? Wow. I mean, this is amazing. In in three short chapters, we're we're still in the first chapter. Wow. Well, let's see. Let's let's move on. A day of trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities, against the high tower embattlements. And I will bring distress upon men, and they shall walk around like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord, and their blood shall be turned out as dust, and their flesh as dung. Neither shall their silver or gold be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by fire, the fire of his jealousy, for he shall make a spitty, a spitty, a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Yes, a terrible end. Gather yourselves together. This is chapter 2, verse 1, Zephaniah. Gather yourselves together. Yes, gather, O nation, not... Um, that doesn't have any shame. Who could that be? Um, Islam, maybe? Before the decree brings forth, before the day passes as chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord is come upon you, before the Lord's anger is come upon you, seek the Lord while he may be found. All you meek of the earth, seek you the Lord which has wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, which is love. To be a loving person, love toward God and love toward your fellow man. That fulfills the law of God. It may be that you also shall be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Now, in verse 4, he talks about specific cities in Israel. For Gaza shall be forsaked or forsaken, and Ashkelon, another Israeli town, a desolation. They shall drive out Ashdod. These are all cities of Israel. At the noonday, and Ekron shall be rooted up. Ekron is also a city in Israel. Woe unto the inhabitants of the seacoast. And many of those cities are along the seacoast or on the shoreline of the Mediterranean, the eastern Mediterranean. Woe to the inhabitants of the seacoast, the nation of the Carathites, or Cherethites. The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, the land of the Philistines. They're the ones that dwelt on the seacoast in the area we now know as Israel. I will even destroy you that there shall be no inhabitant. Wow. Now, in my view, that means the whole Muslim religion is going to fade into oblivion. Wow. No more idol worshipers allowed on planet Earth. That's the ticket, really. The seacoast shall be dwellings with pastures and cottages for shepherds and folds of flocks. The coast 
for or, or shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. And they shall feed their flocks thereupon. The houses of Ashkelon, they sh- in the houses of Ashkelon, they shall lie down in the evening. For the Lord their God shall visit them and turn away or bring again them back to the fold. It says in their captivity, but I think that really means back to the Lord. I have heard the reproach of Moab and the revilings of the children of Ammon, whereby they have reproached my people and magnified themselves against their border. Yeah. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom. (laughs) Remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? They ended up with not a single survivor. And the children of Ammon as Gomorrah. Even the breeding or possession of nettles and salt pits, a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people shall spoil them, or ruin them, or devour them. And the remnant of my people, the nation of Israel, shall possess them. This shall they have for their pride. Because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts, The Lord will be terrible unto them, and he will famish all their gods, all the gods of the earth, and men shall worship him instead. And I added the word instead. Every one from his place, even from all the islands of the heathen nations. Yes, even Ethiopians also shall be slain by my sword, and he shall stretch out his hand against the north and against Assyria. That's Syria. And will make Nineveh, a city in Iraq, a desolation and dry like a wilderness. And the flock shall lie down in the midst of her and all the beasts of all the nations, both the cormorant and the bittern, these are water birds, shall lodge in the upper lintels thereof. And their voice shall sing in the windows. The desolation shall be in the thresholds For he shall uncover the cedar work, the fine interiors of their houses. This is the rejoicing city that dwells carelessly and said in her heart, I am, and there is none beside me, how she has become a desolation and a place for beasts to lie down in. Every one that passes her shall hiss and wag his head. Chapter 3, the last chapter. Woe to her that is filthy, rebellious, and polluted to the oppressing city. She obeyed not the voice, that is, the voice of God. She received not correction from him, in other words. She trusted not in the Lord, and she drew not nearer to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions, and her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw not the bones. They leave nothing until tomorrow. Her prophets are casual, I'm going to say, and treacherous persons. Their priests have polluted the sanctuary 
and they have done violence, there's that word violence again, to the law. The Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning he does bring his judgment to light. He fails not, and the unjust know no shame, but they will. I have cut off the nations. Their towers and embattlements are desolate. I have made their streets waste, and none passes by. Their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man, and there is none inhabitant. Verse 7, I said, Surely they will fear me. You will receive instruction, so their dwelling should not be cut off. Howsoever I punished them, but they rose up early and corrupted all their doings. Therefore you wait upon me, says the Lord, until the day that I raise up for or to the prey, for my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms, to pour upon them my indignation and all my fierce anger, for, the, for all the earth shall be devoured by the fire of my jealousy. For then I will turn to the peoples a pure language. This is starting to look better to me that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with, as if with one voice. Wow! From the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, in other words, my suppliers, even the daughter of uh, my dispersed, shall bring my offering. In that day, you shall not be ashamed for all your doings, wherein you have transgressed against me, for then I will take away out of the midst of, of you those that rejoice in pride, and you shall no more be haughty, because you're now in my holy mountain, my government. I will also leave in the midst of you an afflicted and poor people, and they are the ones who will trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies, nor have a deceitful tongue. And it won't be found in their mouth, and they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. That sounds like Isaiah 34, or 35, I mean, and Isaiah 60. Verse 14, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Sounds like ELO, uh, their song Around the World, and all the dancing that went on around the world. That's a terrific video, by the way. It's, it's fun. And the Lord, that's in YouTube, of course, the Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your, your enemy. The king of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of you now. You shall not see evil any more. In that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, Don't be afraid, and to Zion, Don't let your hands be slack. Let's get to, bit, uh, get to work. Get busy. The Lord... Your God in the midst of you is mighty, and he will save. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest 
in his love for you. And he will joy over you with singing. God is going to sing to his people. That's what it says right there. I will gather them that are sorrowful for a solemn assembly who are of you and to whom the reproach of it was a burden. And it'll be fun instead. That's what I'm getting out of that. Verse 19, Behold, that time, at that time I will undo all that afflict you. Hmm, undo who? Who afflicts Israel more than the Muslims? And I will save her that can't walk and her that was driven away. And I will get them praise and fame in every land where I have or where they have been put to shame. At that time I will bring you again, even in the time that I will gather you. For I will make your, uh, you a name and a praise among all the people of the earth. Wow. When I turn back your captivity before your eyes, says the Lord. That's the end of Zephaniah. It always, all the prophets seem to end on a high note, a good note, a turnaround. They start off with all these dark, ugly, negative things that are going to come upon the earth as a result of what humans do, human activity. We're going to cause World War III, and they're going to nuke the oil fields and make a giant bottomless pit full of oil and set it on fire with a nuclear blast big problem. That's why the earth grows dark. And it's not just local. It's worldwide because the earth turns and that smoke has nowhere to go. But there is a good outcome because Jesus is coming to dissipate that smoke, put out the fire, cause the weather to normalize, and bring the people back into life with him. What a grand and glorious day that will be. Come soon, Lord Jesus. You can go to my website and read more and watch videos and listen to audios and everything like that. It's all free. I don't have a single ad in there. Period. No advertising. Jesus is why is the uh, dot com is the website or I tell why. The letter I then the word tell, T-E-L-L-Y, W-H-Y dot com. If you'd like to email me with a question or a comment, please do so. It's jesusisy at gmail dot com. Until next time, I'm Elbert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. Please tell your friends. And have a great Fourth of July. <laughs>